You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Good afternoon. My name is Kenitha Moore, and I'm host, your host today for the How to Win podcast with Michael Moore. As you can see, Pastor Mike is not here today, and I will be continuing talking about my book, Changing Your World through prayer, changing your world through prayer. Last week, we talked about prayer, what prayer meant to me, and I gave you some definition of what prayer is. Today, we're going to be talking about success or failure is in the power of our tongue. This little, this little instrument right here, success or failure is in the power of our tongue. Our tongue has power. I intentionally put in this prayer book, uh, prayers that covers different areas in your life because I understood the importance of the words that we continually say day in and day out. And so uh, one of the reasons that I wrote this book to show you the importance of words. Words are containers of life and death. Words, our words, the words that we consistently say day in and day out. Not that what we occasionally say, but what we continually say on a regular basis. Our words are containers of death or life. Death our life. And we determine whether those containers contain death or whether those containers contains life. Proverbs 18, 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It says that death and life, not just life, but death and life are in the power. The tongue has power. And so what the fruit that we get as a result of the words of our mouth are the fruits that we eat, whether we're speaking death words or whether we're speaking life words, death and life. The words that you continually say on a regular basis, death and life. Are you saying I'm healed? Are you saying, oh, I'll never get over this. This runs in my family. What are you saying on a continual basis over your life? Because that's what you're going to get the fruit of. Are you speaking faith real words? Are you speaking words of death? Are you speaking life? Or are you speaking failure? What are you saying over your situation on a regular basis? Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Number two, you will never experience in life beyond your words. Your words have creative power and you will never experience beyond the words that you can continually say over your marriage, continually say over your children, continually say over your pastor, continually say over your job, continually say after a loved one has departed. You will never experience in life beyond your words. And the scriptural reference for this is Mark eleven twenty four, And it says, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you, that you shall receive them 
and you shall have them whatsoever you desire. So what do you desire? Do you desire God to meet your needs? Do you desire God to heal you? Do you desire favor? Do you desire children that will walk in the admonition of the Lord? What do you desire? He says, whatever you desire, when you pray, praying God's word back to him in faith, he says that you will have whatsoever you desire. So words are containers of life and death, and we will never experience in life beyond our words. The third thing, our words control our lives. The words that we say every day controls our life. So what are you saying over your situation? What are you saying? Are you speaking faith-filled words? Are you speaking words of fear? Are you speaking faith-filled words? Are you speaking words of doubt? In James 3, verses 3 through 6, it says, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we can turn about the whole body. You can turn about the whole body of a horse by the bits that you put in their mouth. It says in verse four, behold also the ships that though they be great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with very, with a very small helm, whether soever the governor lifted. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity. And so is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. Our tongue sets on fire the course of nature. Our tongues control our lives. So what are you saying over your situation? What are you saying over your marriage? What are you saying over your children? What are you saying over this nation? What are you saying over crime? What are you saying over long life? Are you saying I'll live and not die? What are you saying? Are you saying, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get by with just this social security check. What are you saying? Because our words are containers of life and death, and we are controlling our lives by the words that we consistently say out of our mouth. Our tongues have creative power. Our tongues have creative power. In Genesis chapter 1, and some of you may say, well, I already know this. It's not a matter of whether you know it. It's a matter of whether you're doing it. You know, you can know the word of God, but not doing it. So don't say, I heard that before. It's not whether you heard it before or not. It's whether you're doing it. Are you creating your world by the words of your mouth or are you operating just like the world? Are you operating just like the world or Satan system? What, how, how are you operating? So we're going to look at two examples of the creative power of words. And I thought it was so amazing that the first book 
The first chapter in the Bible talks about creative power. And it's not in the middle of the Bible. It's not at the end of the Bible. It's at the beginning of the Bible. And I think that God had a divine purpose by putting it at the beginning of the Bible because he was trying to show us how to create the things of our life. I think that it would be unfair for God to put us on this earth and not to show us how to shape our world. But God, the first chapter in the Bible, Genesis 1, God shows us how to do it. So let's look at Genesis chapter 1. And remember, it's not that you've heard it before, it's whether you're doing it or not. The Bible says in Genesis 1 chapter uh, chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without was without form it was void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of the God moved upon the face of the water notice that it was void it was dark and it was without. So you may have situations in your life at this present moment that look dark, that look void, and that, that look without. But let's see how God changed the situation of darkness and void and lack. And verse three, it says, and God said, even though it was void, even though it was dark, even though it was without, God didn't speak. Oh my God, it's dark in here. Oh my God, it's without. Oh my God, it's a void. No, God spoke what he desired. And verse three, it says, and God said, let there be light because it was dark. And the Bible says, and there was light. Verse five says, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Verse six, and God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Verse seven at the end, and it says, it was so. Verse nine, and God said, let the water under the earth be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear and it was so. He wanted light. He spoke light and it was so. He wanted waters. He spoke for the waters and it was so. Verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. God spoke seeds. He spoke grass forth. And it was so in verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let there be signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And verse 15, and it was so. Verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And verse 21, and God saw that it was good. He created the, the birds and he created the creatures. And the Bible says it was so. He created it with the words 
of his mouth. Verse 24 says, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth after its kind. And it was so. He said it and it was so. Verse 25, and God saw that it was good. Verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and all the earth and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. He said, let us make man in our image, a creative power, a creative power through the tongue, the words of our mouth. Let us make man a creative power power by using the words of his mouth. Verse 27 said, male and female, female created he them. He wanted a male and female and he created them with the words of his mouth. Verse 29, and God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you. It shall be for me. Verse 30, and it was so. Verse 31, it says, and God saw everything that he had made by saying what he desired by faith with the words of his mouth. He created everything that he wanted by the words of his mouth. The Bible says in the beginning, it was void. It was without and it was dark and God didn't see. He didn't talk about what he saw. He talked about what he desired. He said, and the Bible said, and God saw that everything that he had made by speaking the word out of his mouth and behold, it was good. And the evening and the morning was the sixth day. So if, if it was void and dark and without in God's world, he said what he desired. He said what he wanted. And we, as his children, we have to say what his word says. What does his word say about healing? What does his word say about death? What does his word say about prosperity? What does his word say about our children? What does his word say about prosperity? What does his word say about favor? What does his word say about us uh, that we are fearfully and wonderfully way? What does his word say about us. That's what we have to say out of our mouth to create the, the situations to create what we want out of our mouth. Now there are two systems in the world. There's the God's word system and there's Satan's word system because the scripture says death and life are in the power of the tongue, death and life. Life is associated with God's word system. Death is associated with Satan's world system. So let's see what God's word system is. God's word system is to create the world's to create the worlds, God used the creative substance of faith. It was dark. It was a void. It was without. And God created what he wanted by faith, by speaking what he desired. God's word system, in his word system, faith is primarily released by the words of 
of our mouth. We have to know what this word says about the situations of our life. And we have to believe that God is not a liar. That whatever he said in this word, he will perform. And we have to stand in faith when it's void, when it's dark, when it's without, when it's looking like the word is not working. We have to stand by faith on God's promises to us as Christians. Stand by faith that God's word will not return void if we continually say it out of our mouth. The system of communication that God establishes uses spoken words to create, spoken words to build, spoken words to establish and transform a person's environment our situations. We have to speak God's word by faith over our situations. Speak God's word by faith over our situations. Speak God's word by faith over our situations. Well, you may say, well, I don't know what God says about marriage. I don't know what God says about children. I don't know what God says about death. I don't know what God says. So this is why I created this resource. It's just a resource. There's much more that could have been added to this book, but this all that I was given by God to put in this book, and I may do a part two of this book one day, but for now, I've given you a guide that will show you. It'll give you scripture references. It'll give you prayers full of God's word. Not what I think, because what I think don't mean a hill of beings. It's what God says and what God thinks about the different circumstances and situations in our life. So there are two systems. We just talked about God's system. God's systems operate by faith in God's word, speaking his word over our situations and believing that he is a man that will not lie. Whatever he said he'll do, he'll perform. And standing on that word, even when it looks bad, standing on that word, when nothing seems to be working, standing on that word and believing God that he will come through for you because you're his child. If you're born again, you're his child and he is obligated to fulfill the promises that he's put in this word to us. But we have to operate in faith and we have to watch what we say over our situations in life. The second system is Satan's word system. And his word system is used to produce death. Satan used the destructive substance of fear. Satan used fear. He uses fear to get us to doubt God's word. God is not a microwave where we just push, push the prayer. and He instantly, you know, answers our prayer. Sometimes you just have to walk by faith. You have to stand on the word. You don't have nothing outside of you that's saying that God is going to answer your prayer. The only thing you have is God's word. But God of Satan wants you to doubt 
what God said. Will God supply all your needs? Will God comfort you after the death of a loved one? Will God give you a good marriage? Will God give you favor with your employer? Will God bring all those things to your remembrance as you pass that test? Will he? Didn't he disappoint you last time? Didn't he disappoint you here? His, his mode of operation is to get us in fear. And fear is released by the words of our mouth. God's word system is faith. Faith is released by the words of our mouth. But in Satan's word system, fear is released by the words of our mouth. So what are you continually saying over your situation? We know how in church everybody, oh, I'm blessed of the Lord and highly favored. God supplies all my needs. Da, 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 da. We can say that. We can get churchy in church, but it's in your everyday life, 24-7, when you're at home, when you're on your job, when your husband acting funny, when your money funny, when your children not acting right, uh, when, when things in the world don't seem right, when our economy is not right. What are you consistently saying over your mouth? Are, are there words of faith or are there words of fear? The word system Satan established is a perverted system of communication that uses faith, that uses fear-filled words to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He uses fear-filled words to kill physically sometimes, to kill your hopes, to kill your dreams, to kill your desires, to kill your faith in God. He comes to kill, to steal, steal your joy, steal your comfort, steal your peace. He comes to kill, steal, and to destroy your confidence in God's word that God is, 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 can do what he said he's going to do. That's his mode of operation is to contradict God's word, to show you where God's word's not working. I don't care what happens to anybody. This word right here is everything. It will stand. We shouldn't base whether God is good or whether God is bad by what happened to so-and-so or what happened to this. And I know she was a praying woman and I know you don't know nothing. You don't know what people are, are when they get on their deathbed. You don't know what they believe in. We don't know what people are believing when they get on their deathbed. We don't know what people are saying. Well, you don't know what people say. You're not with them 24-7. You don't know. No. We we base what we believe on God's word, not by the circumstances in life. So there is creative power. There's creative power. And we saw in Genesis, the first chapter, that God said what he desired and it was good. And so are we. He gave us a pattern. It's the first chapter in the book of the Bible. And it's not there by coincidence. He's trying to show us how to shape our world by confessing. And that's saying the same thing that God says over our situations. 
Another example of the creative power of the tongue is the 12 spies. And that's in Numbers 13. So we're going to turn to Numbers 13 and I'm going to read to you different passages out of the out of Numbers 13. In Numbers 13, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Moses told, told, I mean, the Lord told Moses, he says, go search the land of Canaan, which I have given to the children of Israel, which I have given to the children of Israel, which I have given to the children of Israel. I mean, he had already gave the children of Israel the land. He had already given it to him. Verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, get up this way southward and go into the mountain and see the land, what it is and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad. And what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not. And be ye of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob as the men came to Hamath. Verse 25, and they returned from searching the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel. And they brought back word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came unto the land whether thou sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit thereof of it. Nevertheless, words of doubt, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are wild, and they are very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south. The Hittites and the Jubarites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we not be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. They had sent 12 spies, and they were talking about what they saw. They saw giants and they saw men in the south and then in the mountains and by the sea. And they were talking, we can't do it. But God has said in, in uh, Numbers 13, 2, that I, 
give, I have given them the land of Canaan. I have given it to them, but they brought back an evil report. Contrary to what God had told them, they brought back an evil report. And the reason it was evil, because it was contrary to what God said. Now let's look at Numbers 14, 2. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses, against Aaron, and against the congregation that said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we have died in this wilderness? And therefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should be prey. Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make us a captain and let us return unto Egypt. In verse six, and Joshua, the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of, mm -hmm, y'all know, I don't know how to say that word, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the, of the children of Israel, saying, the land which we pass through to search it is an exceedingly good land. In verse 26, and the Lord spoke unto Moses and unto Aaron saying, how long shall I bear with this evil conversation, with this evil con congregation, which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, says the Lord, and have spoken in my, and ye have spoken in mine ears. So will I do your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of just somebody and Joshua, the son of none, because God has said, I've given you the land of Canaan and, jo and Moses sent the spies in there to just search the land to see what the land was like. And they talked about the giants. They talked about what they had. They talked about the number of people there. But God had gave them a promise. I have given you the land. And they were murmuring, you, 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 you brought us out here. And now we don't have this. And now we don't have that. We should have stayed in Egypt. The Bible says it was an evil report because they were going, they were using words of Satan's system, words of fear. They didn't think that God would provide. They didn't think that God would help them. And the Bible says it was an evil report because they were, they weren't talking words of faith. They were talking words of fear. But Joshua and Caleb said, we are well able and so those 20 and above, those that murmured and complained and they murmured and complained, they did not enter into the promised land with Joshua and Caleb. Only those uh, under the age of 20 entered because they murmured and they complained and they talked about what they saw and not they did not talk faith. So God created the worlds by the words of his mouth. Joshua and Caleb 
uh, had a different outcome because of the words of their mouth. So what are you saying over your situations? Are you saying I don't have or are you saying God supplies my needs? Are you saying I, I, I can't make it on this social security check? Are you saying God supplies all my needs? Are you saying I'm sick? Are you saying by his stripes I am healed? Are you saying, you know, everybody in my family died early? Or are you saying that I'm going to be satisfied with a long life? What are you saying over your situations because you're either speaking life or you're speaking death. There's no in between. You're either speaking life over your situation or you're speaking death over your situation. Are you going to operate in God's word system, which is faith in his word, or are you going to operate in Satan's word system, which is fear? What are you going to do, people? What are you going to do? And I would bet some of us, we have stopped confessing God's word over our situation. We look and it's dark and it's void and it's without. And we are saying what's void, what's dark and what's without. But if you want your world to be successful and you want to shape your world world for good, you have got to confess what God says in his word about your situation. And if you don't know what God says about your situation, it's so easy today. All you got to do is Google, Google marriage, Google finances, Google prosperity, and our internet system will give you Google, will give you scriptures galore on what God's word says about different situations. But I created a resource that I believe is very simple to understand, very clear. I give scriptural references and I show you how to create your world, how to shape your world through prayer. Uh, there was one time that, um, I had went to a gas station and I had got some gas and I had used my credit card. And so then I left and went to another store. When I went to the other store to pay for my item, I realized that I did not have my credit card. So I went back to the gas station and I went in to the attendant and I asked, had anybody turned in a credit card. And she said, nobody had turned in a credit card. So I went to where I had got my gas, looked around, looked in the garbage can. I searched and there was no credit card. But I had experience that our words, what we say over the situations that we're presently in, what we say right when that situation happens, it has power. So I got on the phone and I called, it was around five o'clock in the evening. I called Pastor Mike, said, can you run to the bank and put a stop on my credit card? But by the time he got to the bank, the bank was closed. So I put God in remembrance his word. I'm a tither and I give offerings. You said that you will rebuke the devourer for my sake. I don't know where my card is, Father, but you do. I thank you for giving me favor favor with somebody that they will return my card. So I was in Hoover all the way from Hoover to Alabaster. I just prayed in the spirit and I just believe I didn't know how God was going to do it, but I just believe that he would get my credit card 
for me. I ain't lying. On the way home, about around about the time I got to Alabaster, the phone rung. So it was a number that I was not familiar with. So I started not to answer, but I went on to answer and the guy said, Hey, this must be your lucky day. I found your credit card. And I was thinking, oh, M to the G. He is good and he is faithful. And uh, and so we made arrangements so I could meet him and get my credit card. I called the bank. There were no charges on my credit card. I gave the guy a tip for being honest to give my card away. But I created what I wanted. I wanted my credit card back. And I did not say out of my mouth, oh my God, I'm not going to get my credit card. Oh my God, I believe somebody going to charge a lot of stuff on my phone. No, that was not what I desired. I desired to get my credit card back without any charges. And so I began to put God in remembrance of his word, what he said. So if you don't know what God said, you can't put God in remembrance of his word. But I knew what God said. So I put God in remembrance of his word and I got my credit card back. And there are numerous occasions where situations have happened. You will see in my book, a situation that happened to me and I immediately put God in remembrance of his word. It's important what we say over our lives immediately when something happens, immediately when the situation happens, not five and 10 days later, no, immediately because death and life are in the power of your tongue. So I believe that this book is 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 gonna really really bless you. Some people don't know what to pray, and then some of you do know what to pray. But like I said, sometimes we know what to pray, and we know we should confess God's word, but we're not doing it. So this tool, I believe, will be a blessing to you. I pray that you get you a copy this coming Sunday at Faith Chapel after both services, and get a copy to sow into others. I'm gonna just give you a snippet of one of the prayers that's in my book. And this is for spiritual growth. It says, Father, thank you for saving me, for allowing me to be your child and for making me a member of your family. I am a new creature. I'm a new creature in Christ. And the old things of my life being before accepting you are passed away. Now as your child, I desire to grow up into spiritual maturity. You said that I'm to desire your word so that I may grow. Walk within me both the desire and ability to set and keep godly priorities. Help me to be a diligent student of the word of God and allow its instructions, principles, and wisdom to govern my life. I desire to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Father, I know that you desire intimacy with me and I rejoice in your love for me. Give me the grace to commit to a daily time of prayer and fellowship with you. I desire that I will not be negligent to offer you the worship you rightly deserve. Help me to worship you in spirit and in truth. I receive your daily guidance and leadership. The Holy Spirit lives in me and I am his temple, his dwelling place. You sent him to teach me and to guide me into all the truth. I receive you, Holy Spirit, and I, des- and I declare that you are more than capable of assisting me 
and helping me to be successful in life. I am an overcomer because of the presence of your presence in my life. I can do all things because you strengthen me. You strengthen me. I know your voice and the voice of a stranger. I will not father. I will not follow. Father, give me the compassion and boldness to declare and to share with others the things that you teach me. I believe that I'm growing up in Christ and pleasing my father in Jesus name. And then after that, I give you scriptural references to help you see uh, on spiritual growth. So I pray that you will get the book. I pray that it will bless you. This is our last podcast on the How to Win uh, podcast for 2022 and 2023. Like I said before, Pastor Mike will be back on the first Tuesday in January, the first Thursday in January, and he will be teaching on leadership. I pray that you will tune in. I pray that you will come with pencil and pen ready to learn about leadership. And I pray that this podcast has been a blessing to you. And I believe that this book will be a blessing to you. I pray that each one of you have a wonderful Christmas that you create memories that will last a lifetime and be careful about what you say. For example, if you have the death of a loved one, be careful about what you're saying. My, like some people say, my Christmas will never be the same. No, it will never be the same because that loved one is departed, but your Christmases can be different and you can create memories and you can have joy. You can have comfort. You can have peace during this time. So you have to watch what you say over your life because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Be blessed. And I pray everyone has a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year.